I still remember in my memory Bob uh, Carlos uh, uh, sitting on the chair and we are coming with all the crowd to, to bless us. <laughs> my family told me that is we offer you to Ambacolos Ambacolos to bless you and he, he put his hand on your head and said this is a blessed boy <laughs> well, <laughs> so yeah, I, he was <laughs> not wrong there <laughs> <laughs>
That is, of course, His Eminence Metropolitan Serapion. His Eminence has led the Diocese of Los Angeles, Southern California and Hawaii faithfully over the past 25 years. He has served with great wisdom and zeal. His Eminence's vision is remarkable and distinguished with innovation while at the same time preserving the faith and tradition of the Coptic Church. He is known as a deep thinker and a lover of church history. He looks back at history in order to see what lessons can be learned for the present and the future. This man of God places the pastoral needs of his flock as a top priority in his ministry. His great emphasis on both religious and theological education is evident. As the former auxiliary bishop in Egypt for public, ecumenical, and social services, he has not neglected this ministry in Los Angeles. His eminence established the Department of Diaconia, led by Bishop Abraham, to continue the work in Los Angeles. He also established the Department of Education, led by Bishop Corollos, to advance religious and theological education. Many prefer to speak of achievements such as the number of priests that have been ordained and the number of churches that have been established or built. But I know that His Eminence prefers to speak about matters that he sees are of greater importance, and that is the philosophy behind the ministry in the Diocese of Los Angeles and the vision. Not only this, but what are the principles upon which the ministry here is founded? For example, His Eminence is always alert to the various pastoral needs of his community and introduces ideas without imposing them upon everyone, but allows these ideas to develop and to see if there is, after some time, a general acceptance of the idea. His Eminence saw that there was a pastoral need to introduce parallel churches that only have English services to the growing number of young people and couples where one spouse is not of Egyptian background and do not speak Arabic and have grown up within a different culture, that being an American one. These parishes also serve as mission parishes, reaching out to the wider American community. So, we see many American Coptic churches in Los Angeles, for example. The need for many of these families to celebrate Christmas on December 25, and he accommodated for this possibility without breaking the essence of the faith. Another pastoral need that was needed was how can females have a fuller role in the liturgy. And this was done in an innovative way without breaking the traditions of the church to grant those interested a special uniform and to lead the chanting of women with the congregation responses. Let us take a short break and I'll be back to give you a brief background about his eminence before we begin our conversation.
Metropolitan Serapion was born on the 10th of November 1951 in Asyut in Upper Egypt and completed his medical degree at Asyut University in 1976. He was tonsured a monk at St. Bishoy Monastery on August 6, 1979 and subsequently ordained a priest on July 18, 1981 and assigned to serve in Switzerland beginning on December 23, 1983. He was then ordained as an auxiliary bishop for the Bishopric of Public Ecumenical and Social Services on June 2, 1985, and enthroned as Bishop of Los Angeles, Southern California and Hawaii on December 23, 1995. On February 28, 2016, he was subsequently elevated to Metropolitan. He completed a partial study towards a Master of Divinity at the University of Edinburgh, researching the effects of Protestant missionaries on the Coptic Orthodox Church in Egypt in the early 20th century. Perhaps a conversation we can have on another episode, Your Eminence. He has published several books and a wide variety of articles, particularly in the official church magazine El Caraza. He was appointed to many important positions, too many to mention all of them here. A member of the Central Committee of the World Council of Churches, as well as the MECC, the Middle East Council of Churches, and he was also Vice President of the All African Council of Churches. He has also played a significant role in the theological dialogue with the Eastern Orthodox Churches, and is the founder and president of St. Athanasius and St. Cyril Theological School in Los Angeles. And let us take another short break before beginning to delve into the vision and thought of his eminence. And let us have a look at some of the images from his eminence's enthronement in December of 1995. Welcome back, Your Eminence. Thank you. <laughs> and it is truly a great honor to have you bless this humble podcast. Well, I'm sure those images of the enthronement bring back many memories for Your Eminence. In your enthronement speech, which you gave in both English and Arabic, Your Eminence focused your message on the importance of love in ministry, the love of God for humanity the love of humanity towards God, and the love of humans towards each other, and you encourage the congregants to read the first epistle of St. John. So why was it essential to convey this message at the outset of your Episcopal ministry? Uh, firstly, I wish to thank Your Grace for inviting me for this first episode of this uh, great project 
both of you was Bishop Surreal podcast. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I feel the importance of this project, which we may uh, sp- speak more uh, in details about it in, the, in another occasion. And also, I want to thank you, Grace, for your very kind introduction uh, about my weakness. And uh, I, I, and I uh, very uh, indebted to your love and your support, and also the support of the bishops, uh, Abraham, Bishop Carlos, and all the clergy, and above all, the grace of God to help me all uh, through all this time. Thank you, Sayedna. Regarding uh, your questions, uh, yes, uh, I came as a bishop for this diocese in very special circumstances because it was not the plan that is Southern California and Hawaii to be a diocese. The plan was to be an archdiocese under his holiness. But for certain reasons, which I don't go in details, but briefly before the difficult situation which existing in, the, in this area at that time. So His Holiness, uh, Pope Shenouda of blessed memory, he changed the plan and uh, formed this diocese, uh, which that's why it is only Southern California and, and Hawaii, not all California, because there was a plan to have another diocese from North California until Alaska, called the, the Diocese of the West. Uh, so I came on my background, that is, I am coming for a difficult task. And uh, before coming here, I asked my uh, father of confession, his grace bishop, Sarah Bamon, of blessed memory, what advice to give me. And uh, Ambassador Bamon used to give very short uh, advices and very uh, impressive and inspiring sentences. And very deep at the and same very, time. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I said to me in Arabic, yeah. Yeah, if you offer love, you will receive love. Yes. So I, I didn't think about, because I know many details, because I used to come with His Holiness in the visits. Uh, so I didn't focus on what kind of plan I have to do or uh, yeah, how to solve this problem. But let us take this advice and try to project the image of a father who loves his clergy, who loves his people, uh, who sacrifices for them as I can. And definitely I will get a response of this is, is love. And my understanding, and this is our Christian love, is based on God. God is love. And he loves us and we act by loving him. And if we have really love of God in our heart, then we will love one another. That's why I took this triangle from the first letter of St. John Mm. to explain uh, it and offer it as this is my message for for you. And I'm sure that after 25 years now, I feel the love of the people, feel the love of the clergy, and uh, yeah, I hope I offered them uh, love as they expected me uh, to do. I think there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Your eminence, uh, your, your uh, 
Personality exudes love in everything that you do and in the way that you deal with everyone in a very wise way. So that was really a beautiful message to begin your Episcopal uh, ministry here in Los Angeles. In your message, you also spoke about youth as the future of the church, the importance of ministry to families, and that, in fact, in developing the family, then we consequentially also develop the church. And your eminence also mentioned the importance of the connection with the mother church. So can you briefly elaborate on why you focused on these three matters at that time? <laughs> it is based on my experience uh, with His Holiness Pope Shenouda, of blessed memory, in visiting the uh, the, the many churches in Europe and America and Australia in his visit. Because I was blessed that His Holiness chose me, His Holiness Pope Shenouda chose me to accompany him uh, in all his visits outside Egypt since his return after this time in the monastery in Ambabishoy. Uh, in uh, so I visited with him many churches, uh, many pastoral visits he did, and I saw how he's dealing with the people. And I always hear, I, I always heard from him his famous uh, sentences, church without use is church without future. Yes. And the response that came to him, and also use without church, use without future. Yes. And how he talked, of course, you, you, um, you Grace, are aware about that and heard it several times. And how he told that is, the, the, the problem of the youth starts from childhood. And he spoke about the family, that is the child. is come for half an hour for Sunday school, but the rest of the week with you is focused on, on the family. Yeah. And usually in these trips, uh, also uh, Metropolitan Bola, he used to come with us, and he focused on the ecclesiastical council and the case of the family. Yeah. His joke And I see how he will arrive any place and Babola leave us and focus all his time and we didn't see him again until we leave this place to the another <laughs> So it gave me an idea, of course, about the importance of the family. And also how the families in the land of immigration are facing a lot, a lot of challenges. People sometimes feel all the and most of the family are broken family, which is not the case. They have very, very uh, many, many good families. Of but of course, I need the focus. And of course, the, the family is the unit of the church. If you have a strong family, then you have a strong church. Yeah. And no doubt about it. That's why one of the first things which I, I did when I became the bishop is to form the diocesan ecclesiastical council to deal with the cases at the level of, of the diocese. And I always joke with them that is, we be successful in caring for the families when we as ecclesiastical council go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hope and dream. <laughs> because so long we are active, then we have a problem in caring for the families because yeah. the family coming because we, we come with the hopeless cases. But for youth also, I have a very good experience uh, in the Bishopric of Social and Communical Services 
when I faced it was also a difficult start there. And most of the senior staff, they resigned uh, because yani, they used to a certain uh, yani, kind of work. Now it's new things. Uh, so I, I depend on youth. And I start help with help with uh, his grace Bishop Musa to bring many youth and women. And it would be very successful. That is within a few years, and we, we succeeded to uh, to prove in front of all the communal partners who helped who helped us. And of course, among this youth who served with me from this time, it was 1985, Abraham, Abuna Mauritius, and Abuna Bishoy Kamil, and many, many of them. And of course, also, I, I always hear the concern about the churches of land of immigration one day will separate from, <laughs> from the mother church. Yeah. And it was very, yani, to decide to have a diocesan bishop outside Egypt in America or Europe was not an easy decision. It took time thinking. And one of the concerns was, what about if these bishops decide to, uh, to, to separate? Yeah. So that's why I focus, and I consider the connection of with the mother church is very important. And so I put in my mind how to strengthen this, this, this link with the mother church, not only at the level of administrative part, which definitely are in, in, in inseparable part from the mother church, but also at all level. I started by youth, bringing the youth there. Uh, all the priests, and almost, almost all the priests, I decided that it's the 40 days, the new priest to stay in, in a monastery in Egypt. Even if there is a monastery here. So I, that's why I felt it is very important that is uh, this new diocese to uh, strongly connected with the church in Egypt. Yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right, Your Eminence, uh, that uh, you know we must not cut off that umbilical cord between sure. us and the church in Egypt and with His Holiness uh, Pope Tuadrus II and the Synod and all of that life you know, that started 2,000 years ago and that beautiful tradition. Uh, we must uh, feed this and enrich our communities abroad uh, with all of that spirituality that, that came from the Mother Church. So, yes, that was so important. So l let us uh, now go back to look at some early history and background. Can you tell us a little about Asyut around the time of your birth? Um, in the early 1950s and your early childhood and what you remember from that? Uh, I was born in Asyut while my family uh, was, uh, was not living in Asyut. And in my family, uh, my, in, uh, my father, he was a medical doctor and he was working uh, near El Mansura. But the system at that time that is when the, the, the mother get pregnant and about to give birth to go to her mother. And my grandmother, maternal grandmother, it was an Asyut. So that's why my mother has to travel to Asyut. 
<laughs> to give birth and go back to <laughs> to where she was living. And uh-huh. the same system for her sisters, because there are six, uh, five of them outside uh, a suit. Or, uh, so th- that is the system was at that time. That's why I was born in a suit. But later on, we, my family moved, and my father worked in in, in a suit, and then we moved to uh, to Aswan. So my child, I didn't spend a lot of my childhood in in a suit. Just a uh. uh, yeah, I mean, few time after my birth, right? <laughs> and maybe other another two years when I was in the beginning of the elementary uh, school. But my memory about Asyut is more when I went there to study uh, in the university for the medical school. Yes. And, of course, at that time, uh, uh, Asyut was a, a center for many Christians, big population of Christians there in, in Asyut. And you, you notice it in, on some days when most of the pharmacies, for example, are closed. And that's why they have to have in turn one pharmacy to open because almost all the pharmacies at that time are owned by Christians. Uh. And I noticed also the tension which existing in Asyut between the Orthodox, Catholic, and Protestant. Right. Because Asyut was the center of uh, the mission of the Protestant and of the, uh, of the Catholic. And so I, and I see this tension. Uh, but I was in, involved in the because I was servant yani system in Aswan before yani at the first year in the high school we we have servant preparation and we start to serve in the second and third year high school was three years in, As- yes. in Egypt so that's why when I went to Asyut I start serving because I already served there I find also father of confession so it was a good time. Uh, regarding uh, regarding the church, and also a good experience uh, these years which I spent in uh, in Asyut. And so the earlier years you spent in Aswan, then. Yeah, I went in Aswan when I was in the fourth grade of the elementary school. I was uh, ten year old. And this is uh, the beginning uh, of being in Aswan yeah. until I f- finished my studies, high school, went to Asyut, came back, worked in Aswan until I left to the monastery. So say. almost most of my life in Aswan. Yeah, and Aswan is a very beautiful city, so do you have any memories from there? Of course, a lot of <laughs> memories. <laughs> <laughs> if you could share a few of them, it would be wonderful. I've got Aswan at that time, uh, people are very close to each other. Yani we used to when go listen, to Cairo and come back in the train. So after Luxor, the people remaining in the wagon in the train, most probably we know each other. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> because yani, you have, we know each other in, in, uh, in Aswan. And uh, of course, uh, the time of uh, building of the high dam, uh, it was a time when we have a lot of visits of uh, President Nasser. Mm. So we have uh, any nice memory or funny memories because when Nasser visit Aswan, usually come with some visitors like Khrushchev or Shun Lai of China, uh. and they go in that position on the streets. With, uh, so we, they, we use, when this happened, 
they bring us from the schools to uh, and uh, stand on the streets to greet the the presidents and his guests. So it was not a nice day to have a day off <laughs> <laughs> and to see the president. <laughs> to, see, to, see, to see the president, and also because many uh, Russians experts there, so they make all the public transportation free. And ah. and uh, uh, so on. we we saw the Russians, the Russian families who used to come and uh, they have places to live, but they come also for the markets. So. Yani we exposed to the foreigners, also many tourists mm, to come mm. uh, to Aswan. The church was very active uh, yani, uh, in, in Aswan, uh, and uh, then the coming of uh, His Eminence Metropolitan Hydra in 1975. So it was a new beginning in the service on, in Aswan when it started to be organized and the church to be working together. And I see how the, the influence of uh, the seasoned bishop because before that, we uh, Aswan was a part of the diocese of Luxor, ah. Luxor and Aswan. So the metropolitan stayed in As- Luxor and just come uh, once Visit. a year. So we don't feel that is uh, yani we un, uh, yani we feel that the bishop is a priest. But now, so there also it's different between churches, different systems. I, I know there was two churches in Aswan, Saint Mary and Archangel Michael. And every church has youth meetings, like a competition. Yeah. And so when the uh, Ambahedra came, he started to organize uh, the service. So I felt the importance of the existing of the diocesan bishop. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a very interesting experience, <laughs> definitely. Um, so what was your childhood like and where, where were you living in this were you living in the same city or did you move to different parts of Egypt uh, in the first part of your life uh, when uh, I was born in, uh, in Asyut I uh, spent my early childhood uh, till uh, say since the beginning of elementary school in uh, in, a, in uh, with my family near El Mansura and I remember from this early childhood going to San Damiana uh, uh, celebration, yes. San Damiana, and bring things from there. So it was, yani, uh, yani. of course, at that time it was different than uh, today. Uh, we're speaking about uh, 52, 53, yani, mm. very early. But what but, uh, was the type of uh, festivities at that time compared to? how this has developed recently, for example. What we remember of this is uh, the sweets which we bring from there. And we go there and we spend nice time there. We don't stay by night, but just visit and come back. I, I yani my imagination was just the church and uh, yani there is a liturgy but we don't remember uh, uh, this one of the yani uh, keep in memory in Asyut, I just remember now when uh, his holiness Pope Kigolos the sixth blessed memory came and visit Asyut, I think in 1959 and uh, at that time we were in Asyut, and he visited the monastery of St. Mary of Toronka. 
and uh, I, and my family went there, and I still remember in my memory, Pop uh, Carlos uh, 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 sitting on the chair, and we are coming with all the crowd to to bless us. <laughs> my family told me that is we offer you to Pop Carlos to bless you. And he, he put his hand on your head and said, this is a blessed boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> so yeah, I, he was I, not wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, thought, they tell me that way is exaggeration or happened, but definitely I feel the blessing. But I remember this. I still remember in my memory uh, this visit of uh, Pop Kirullus to Asyut. Mm, that would have been a very special blessing indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your family, your parents, your brothers, sisters? <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a little bit personal. No, so no, you no, know. no, no, no. My father, he passed away. He was a medical doctor. Uh, he, he loved medicine, and I learned from this. And also he was very, and he took medicine as a mission. And that's why he was famous by loving the poor people and uh, and serving them and even to buy for them the medication if they, if wow. they can. Uh, my mother, she dedicated all her life to to serve us and bring us uh, in in the right way. So because we we are seven, uh, oh. uh, so uh, six boys and one girl. <laughs> I am so. Imagine to have a six, a seven uh, children, and it's a, a big job. Full time mother. <laughs> <laughs> it is a job in itself. <laughs> but, and uh, are I, any of them here in uh, yeah, Los Angeles? Uh, four. Uh, they're working here. Yani, the one and one in Aswan is uh, yani, maybe will move later on be huh? here. And the sister, she, she married, but. Now she moved with her yani, children who grew up and live with them in Ohio. Oh. So the 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 girl she she get married. I am number three. She, oh, my sister is older than me. Uh-huh. She get married to a medical doctor. And then the the six the six of us, uh, two medical doctor, two pharmacists, and two engineers. <laughs> <laughs> but then the one of them, one of the pharmacists, he didn't like pharmacy after working as a pharmacist for 10 years. He studied med- med- medicine, medicine here in America, oh. and he now a medical doctor. Oh, that's so wonderful. Now we more medical doctors. <laughs> <laughs> and I left medicine and uh, went to the, to the monastery. Yes, we'll talk about that uh, in a little while. Um can your eminence tell us about uh, a memorable teacher that you recall and what makes him or her stand out? Uh, I remember when I was in elementary school in Aswan, uh, in fourth or fifth grade. We use in the public school when we have the religion class. That is, they let the Christian to go out and go to the playground uh, because usually there is no teacher uh, f- to teach us uh, uh, in the religious class because Muslims they have 
the teacher usually is a teach the teacher of Arabic uh, but for for the Christians because are of course the minority until they find a teacher for us so I remember one of our young college pupil like was in the same age her name uh, called Samia I just remember his first name I don't uh, lost contact of course since time but she's young girl in our age you know 11 she used to bring us instead of leaving us playing in the playground and come and to read the Bible and try to uh, yani, to give us a religion class <laughs> uh-huh. so I was impressed by that and and of course it gave me an idea about the pastoral care mm. and how this young girl which in our age to care to bring us together because in elementary school we are mixed school boys and girls to bring us and uh, to t- to teach us and to lead us in bible study i remember one of the bible study which i still remember till today <laughs> when we were reading in matthew uh, four just uh, uh, put and when we reach to uh, verse uh, 12 in english it say now when jesus heard that john had been put in prison he departed to galilee in arabic بتقول ولما سمع يسوع ان يوحنا اسلم الاسلمه عايزه تشكيل احنا قرناها اسلمه فبنقول فلما سمع يسوع ان يوحنا اسلم انصرف الى الجليل اسلم يعني بكم بص فقعدنا احنا ناخد دسكشن طب هاو يوحنا جون بكم مسلم اتس بيفور اسلام فطبعا ما عرفناش نحل المشكله دي بس يعني شوف مثلا ذس هابن BB in 64 uh, 65 uh, 1965 and I still remember uh, how we stuck in this question <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a small diacritical mark that made the difference <laughs> the, the another teacher which uh, my, uh, in, when I was in preparatory school so I junior high here well I have a teacher of Arabic Uh, this teacher, I don't remember his name, I lost memory of his name, but I remember him. He was not just a teacher to teach his Arabic language, but also teach us literatures. And he uh, used to be a disciple of Al-Aqad, one, one of the great writers. And Al-Aqad born in Aswan, and, uh, yeah, lived in Aswan for a while. In what decades or what? Period. Yeah, in, in 20s or 30s of last century. Uh-huh. Uh, but he, and now we are talking about about the 60s. Yes. And this teacher uh, يعني, encouraged us to read uh, more than just wha- what we, we study. And that's why uh, يعني, I like to read uh, when we, after that in the high school, when we get مثلا, to study about the uh, book of Al-Aqad, Al-Qarit Umar. For me, it was very interesting because I learned from this uh, teacher uh, in, in how to read literatures and not just to take Arabic, just to pass the exam. 
But one of the things which he taught us is debate. He used the and issues to be in public life, and he come and presented and bring two to debate. And at that time, Al Habib Qiba, the president of Tun- Tunisia, he spoke about why we don't have a peace treaty with Israel. And of course, in, in the 60s, the blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> and they attacked him. And this teacher came to us. Of course, you heard about uh, what Al-Buqiba is calling. Why we not have a debate about this? Whether it's good for Arabs to have a peace of Israel, or it's not bad for Arabs. Of course, the, the outcome is, is clear. should not. <laughs> but <laughs> still a very brave move from yeah. the teacher to yeah, even think of such a debate at that time. Yeah, and it was a Nasser time. So he chose me to take the side of to, t- to have peace with Israel. <laughs> and we have the debate. So we learn from him how he taught us and how to debate. And uh, and, he, when, and also to listen to the other opinion and try to be objective, to try to be quiet, not to be nervous. And, and, and these things in this age, it was very important for us and it influenced my, my personality after in, uh, in accepting to listen to the others yeah. and accepting to have a debate and yeah. explain the reason for any things to decide yeah because you know that was a very enlightened teacher to think in this way because i imagine back at that time most of the teaching would have been by rote learning and just one one direction from the teacher to the student so for him to think in this way and to teach in that way uh, i think is is really wonderful yeah and it must have been very beneficial for your eminence So could you tell us a little bit your eminence about your education and where you completed it, not just your medical education, but I know that uh, after you became a monk and you went and studied uh, several courses as well. It would be interesting to hear a little bit about that as well. Yeah, in the, in the, monas- in the monastery, it was uh, uh, blessed to be in the monastery uh, when the time of His Holiness Pope Shenouda uh, he stayed because of the decision of uh, President Sadat. And uh, the mon- of course, the, you know that the monastery was closed and uh, no visitors. And his whole description that he started for us theological school for the monks. And I did for that, for my theological upbringing. And uh, he, he, every year to give us lecture, there are books uh, to read, there was no exam at the end but it that is was a time when i uh, يعني, go to to read uh, more than just the spiritual or just uh, history but to read uh, because he, most of his uh, of uh, of his teaching at that time about comparative theology and uh, theological issues dogmatic issues added to that also i was blessed that is his holiness to choose me to be his uh, to take care of his of his health so uh, and he always said this is my private doctor <laughs> 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 so i used to go and stay time with his holiness and i used this time to ask questions and his holiness of course teached me 
and then he took me to his library and gave me books. So it's like a private lessons to help me to develop in our understanding of theology. A great privilege indeed. <laughs> so had not, not many people would have had that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I, I was uh, blessed to, to be with, uh, with a person, a person like Pope Shenouda, uh, to, to learn from him privately. And then when I went to Switzerland, after I took six months study of German, I joined the theological school in the monastery because to serve there, it was not be able to bring me a visa as a, as a priest. So the monastery helped to give me a visa as a student. So I studied there, but for the short time. After, because I have to go back to be ordained a bishop in 1985, so I just spent one and a half year in, in Switzerland. And then I, I went to uh, Cambridge, with a recommendation with His Holiness. Uh, and they, I took a course. They have like free study. You choose a subject, they assign a professor for you, and uh, you, you, you study this, you have access to the library. So it was one month when I did a research about reformation and the counter-reformation, this time between the reformation and how the Catholic responded to, mm-hmm. to it. Then after that, I start, start a more organized study uh, in the center for study of Christianity in non-Western uh, world mm. in the uh, University of Edinburgh under the guidance of Professor Andrew Walls, who was the director of that. And it was my, my thesis is about uh, that, uh, as you, Grace, mentioned in the introduction, about the influence of the Protestant missionaries on the Coptic Church in the first half of the 20th uh, uh, century. Uh, that is the major regular studies uh, for me. Other, other than that, it's my reading. Uh, and you're very well read, Your <laughs> Eminence. We, we know <laughs> that very well, and uh, especially uh, in theology and in the history of the Church and how you apply this practically. Uh, in the modern period is, uh, is really very interesting to, to learn more about. H- how did you find studying the German language? I like it because uh, I like it because it is have very clear rules. The grammar. Grammar is difficult, but, but I, I like things which is very clear. Mm. English you can pronounce a word differently. Uh, you don't. What is the rule of pronunciation in English? Yeah. Uh, but in in German, you pronounce it as it is, so it's very clear yani, about the pronunciation, about the the grammar, which is it's difficult. But I was yani, uh, blessed and to be in a monastery, the Catholic monastery, Kloster and Zidel, and this helped me because. Living among monks who speak German, so I can practice uh, uh, the, the language without any embarrassment. When I cannot practice with the Copts, we will easily speak yeah. in Arabic. Yeah. So I spent the, almost the whole week going to school. Uh, so I also I went to study in a school, and not just speak the language. 
German cannot pick it. You have to go school study. Right. And the Swiss is very strict in the teaching. I have go to intensive school. So in three months, you have the basic period. And then the middle, which enable you, if you complete a six-month study, uh, every day except for the weekends, and four hours a day, and you have to study at least two hours to continue. And and at the end of every month, there is an exam. If you don't pass the exam, you cannot go right. to the next month. And so it was very, uh, yani very tiring, but it was very good. And it helped me to, yani after this, to, to join theological school. I can, of course, pray in, in German, can give sermon in German, but with the paper in front of me. Yeah. Even I was invited uh, in, in some occasion to give a lecture in German, but I was yani, helped by mm. Dr. Samir Girgis, right. who uh, helped me to write when I go to give a lecture outside. Yeah. And German is a very important language for Coptic studies as well, because so much research has been done in the German language about Copts and their history and culture and theology. So, uh, yeah. And have you still been able to continue like speaking it. in German? Uh, no, <laughs> because after, yani, I just stay uh, one and a half year, and after that, I was a bishop of communical, so I have to use English more. Yes. German is not used and, and so on. But I still love it. And the problem was that is that the Swiss people, they speak a different in German, Swiss German. And uh, different than the Hoch Deutsch, the High German, right? Be sure to tune in next week for part two of this four-part series of the Silver Jubilee of Metropolitan Serapion's ministry in Los Angeles. His Eminence himself will be here to share some memories, relay some wisdom, and give some insight. It's one you won't want to miss. To join the conversation, please visit our website, coffeewithbishopsurreal.org. And don't forget, after you listen, you can really help out by rating the show. Thank you for listening to Coffee with Bishop Surreal, a podcast for all things Coptic. To join the conversation, please visit our website, coffeewithbishopsurreal.org. And always remember, the best way to start any morning is with God and a cup of coffee.